podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Just came Hello, welcome to another Chessy Hour presented by Touchline Fracas. Uh, my name's Ife, Mr. Meads. Um, I'm joined with two very, very fantastic guests. Um, so, Pels, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Not well, but, you know, I'm powering through. Um, Dan, it's off. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, I'm cool for now, but I know I'm going to get probably get a cold too or later. Yeah. Like, listen, guys, I apologise for my monotone voice right now. I'm ecstatic, I can't lie. I'm gassed, but yeah. this illness is having me senseless, so I can't even express or convey how I'm sounding or feeling. <laughs> um, but Chelsea, two wins on the bounce, six wins on the trot. Hmm. Uh, we're going to start off with um, the Newcastle game at home. Um, I kind of, I kind of want to get you guys' thoughts on the game, and yeah, after the international break, it's always quite difficult um, trying to get back into the first things. I think Chelsea were four games unbeaten, four games on wins in a row in all competitions before the game. But you know, the international break came at a, I want to say, annoying time for everyone, and everyone hates the international break anyway. Um, but yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on the game? Pills, I want to kind of get your, your your view and idea of how the game went. Oh, uh, Newcastle. Yeah. I didn't catch um, the full game, so I only saw highlights, really. Oh, scans. Scans. All right, cool, cool, cool. Let's write you off. Yeah, <laughs> you to. Give me a summary of what you thought or what happened in the game. Okay. What you liked, what you didn't like. What I didn't like, um, to be fair, so I was going to say, obviously, we started with Barkley, but he got injured and he came off. And um, I think what I liked about the game is when Kova came in. Um, I think Kova's underrated. And there's a number of times I've said on this podcast, like, you know, when we're all kind of brainstorming about our teams when everyone's fit. I kind of want to fit Kova in because he does a lot of damage. So um, I think one of of the things in the game is obviously it was Barkley and Mount. And they're obviously both two attacking players. And I feel like, um, to be fair, I don't think that, 
we were Newcastle were damaging us that much anyway because the way they set up, they just they came to defend anyway. Um, and I think what I liked about the game was that we managed to break them down eventually. But um, I don't know in midfield, I'm not too happy when we kind of go with two attacking midfielders. Yeah, um, I mean, I felt. Do you know what? It was the first time in a long time that watching Chelsea, I thought that despite the fact it's no nil. I thought we were going to win the game. It's been a long time I felt that way because we were creating a lot of chances and a lot of opportunities. Um, I think that in times gone past, there'd be games like this where it's almost like give it to Hazard or bust. And what I liked about the game is that it seemed like we were finding solutions on the pitch rather than it just falling into one player to just get us out of a hole. That's what I found quite impressive. We're like plugging away. If uh, one side's getting shut off because the Newcastle defence, well, the whole team just kept shutting in across yeah. and putting on space. So we kept finding the, the pass to find the spare man and get the ball into dangerous areas, which I found very, very impressive. Um, I, I wasn't expecting... Because I was expecting Newcastle to come sit back like they've done against Manchester United, yeah. like they've done against Tottenham, and they managed to get good results. Um so I expected that, but I didn't think that. We, I think we nullified their counter threats. Um, fortunately, we had Zuma and um, Tomori, yeah. who, again, are very, very quick players. So when it comes to being done in transition, it's very, very difficult to get by them. Um, so I think we managed it well. I think Kovacic, admittedly, um, as you said, when Barkley came off, um, I think we looked much better, significantly better. I think we kept, we kept maintaining waves of pressure um, which I don't think we would have had if Barkley was on the pitch. Um, touching on Kovacic, by the way, yeah. as much as I, I criticise him for his for his lack of goals, I do think that he enables Jorginho's control yeah, good games, um, not only because of his um, defensive nous, but also because he's one of those players that's able to pick up the ball yeah. drive and then find another player Yeah. as much as he's not doing the final pass yeah. he's the one that's doing a little bit of driving and that's what I do appreciate about Kovacic to be honest this is a lot what, more of this season than prior season yeah. or last season so this is what I've always liked about Kovacic in terms of yes a lot of it's weird I, I get I get Chelsea's fans frustration because it's weird that he can use his dribbling to beat the press and then to pass it to an attacker but he can't use that same dribbling skill set to do that in the final third. I get that it's weird, but I do feel like people have underestimated what him and Jorginho can do together deep. Um, like you said, in terms of control, you, I see it because we've seen kind of Kovacic come on a couple of games or like start a couple of games and we, we've seen him without it. And in terms of the control we have in these games, we'll talk about the Ajax game later, but in terms of the way we can beat the press and we're comfortable just play, pinging it out, um, no matter like if people are pressing us, I, I feel like it's invaluable. So yeah, I, I was I was really impressed with us. And in terms of when you said that you were confident that we were gonna win after wave after wave of attack, I wasn't that confident just because coming off of last season, we saw that. Do you know those halves where we would pump the other team, but we just wouldn't score a goal. And then what? Yeah, we, but and but. Uh, I do understand, but at the same time, I kept, the reason why I felt confident that we'll score is because I felt that we had the attacking threats on the pitch and it wasn't just one. Yeah. Um, so even though Tammy was on the pitch, um, got Mount was on the pitch, Hudson Odoi was on the pitch, um, I felt 
with those three at least that a goal was going to happen or a goal was going to come. So I didn't right. feel nervous or because I think last season a lot of it was very much Hazard or bust, yeah. and I didn't like that. I, I hated that. And then obviously Hazard in some games will get you out of the hole, but to win a game you need more than just one player. I mean, that was the most frustrating thing last season. To the, but in comparison to this season, it's more. It's hard to put into words. I say, I'd say it's more of a controlled presence, or of you thinking that you're going to score a goal. I, I don't ever feel like I can go into a Chelsea game now thinking that we're not going to score. I feel quite confident that we will find a goal somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah and that's and, a nice feeling. And the Newcastle game, Hudson Odoi was a creation machine. Like yeah. one of them had to go in because he was creating so much. Yeah, I think he created five uh, clear-cut chances for me. Um, so the first one was a, a little pick-out. William should have scored in the back oh, post yeah. of the header. Um, the second one was Mason Mount, obviously. He slots him in. He just he just attracted like three, four players around him and yeah. picks out a Mason Mount. Mason Mount should have scored. He swiveled and hit it straight to the keeper. Yeah. Um, that was a good effort. There was another one where he, I think he goes past three, put three players, tried to shoot, and it drifted off the Pulisic. Pulisic should have scored. Um, there's a number of chances. The corner for um, for Tammy Abraham. Yeah. Tammy should have scored. Yeah, it's just yeah, he was he was in great form. He yeah. played really really well. I think that was um, probably one of his best performances for us um, this season. Yeah. Um, since he came back from injury. And, and perhaps um, the best performance in the league so far. But yeah, a million percent. Yeah. A million percent. Uh, I think um, William was quite. William was good that game as well. Yeah. Um, as much as he didn't, again, um, bring it about in product, I thought he was very good in terms. Him and Kovacic were the ones that were driving into those, I guess, half spaces, yeah. um, which Newcastle kind of left vacated because they were dropping so deep. I think William and Kovacic were the ones that were dropping into those areas and then allowing Hudson Joy to do damage on the left. So yeah, it was a it was a good performance. I was very very happy with the performance because it wasn't just. I think it showed showcased a different element of Frank's not only tactical approach but also the players and them their temperament and not being frustrated. I think there were it was a very very methodical approach to the game and I like that. I like that a lot. And, I, I like it a lot. And I'm just remembering Jorginho was fantastic. Jorginho yeah. was phenomenal that game. Jorginho. I can't lie, Jorginho this season has been fantastic, yeah. and I don't, I don't think anyone could disagree if you were to say that he's well, been. One up. person can, one person. Oh yeah, one person can. We're not going to name his name, yeah. Joe. But yeah, no, he's been fantastic. Yeah. I can't lie to you. I, I think last season I had my reservations on whether he could actually cut it in a prem, mm. um, but it just seems more, more. I guess now it's more about him playing the the way he I don't want to say he wants to play he's playing under Sarri for a number of years but I want to say that he's now playing more with more freedom to a degree right. but also I still think that there's still some elements of last season where Jorginho played well but he wasn't getting the credit that he usually yeah, deserved a hundred I just think that the landscape and I guess the, the lens on him now is very very different because Frank likes him yeah and also so, we're winning right so at, remember yeah. last season last season in the first 13 it's games it's the same thing actually no you're right yeah. you're right you're right last yeah. season at the beginning when was winning when we were playing well winning games Jorginho was getting all the love but when it changed boom they're yeah. on him because he's 
the thing is with Jorginho as well, as well cuz he's known as a, people kind of put defensive responsibility on him so if we're conceding goals it's like he should be protecting which is dumb because there's not one player that's going to solve you especially in midfield that's going to solve your defensive issues but i think just all round his game we're talking about defensively we're talking about the passing we're talking about energy and tracking and all of that type of stuff it's just he's such a complete player for us it's, it's, and a leader as well um, yeah, so it's good to see, man. I, I can't disagree. I think in terms of leadership quality, you see he has it in spades. It's actually insane. And I think that one of the biggest worries that we had at the beginning of the season was with David Luiz leaving, yeah. and we didn't feel that Aspilicueta was necessarily a big leader and um, I guess a, a proper voice. Um, Jorginho seems to have taken up that role with seamlessness like it's, it's actually mad he is literally one of the biggest leaders in our dressing room he's, he's class absolutely class now um, after that impressive win against Newcastle and I do want to say that's impressive because again it showcased you know a different Chelsea rather than the, you know we'll score more than you type of approach um, and from set pieces we look quite decent because yeah. we're know, not conceding as much uh, yeah the new Really so yeah. Um, now on to the most impressive performance of the season, which was um, against Ajax in the Amsterdam Arena or the Johan Cruyff Arena, as it's now been renamed to, to the late great. Um, Pels, now you can come in. That performance, <laughs> yeah. You, I think you've seen it twice now. You watched the game twice. Um, I kind of want to. No, get... I watched. I, I didn't watch the the first half live, so I've just watched it back today. Okay, so um, it's a game and a half. Yeah. All right. I kind of want to get your thoughts. So now you've got it on fresh viewing rather than, you know, the tense atmosphere. When you're watching it live, your your thoughts and your views can get very, very just like distorted because your emotions in the game. Like for me, I know me personally, my emotions in the game. So I'm not really watching things clearly. Um, so things get amplified. So yeah, we can tell by the tweets. Oh, whatever. Well, now, so now <laughs> you've seen it again, what would you say... Okay, what were the things that you did and didn't like? Um, I will start with positives. Uh, I think the we like we had a lot of courage to play, which I think is fantastic. I think the mentality of us almost being quite negative in in the game in like big games in Champions League is uh, partly down to the way sorry approached some of the games in the Prem. I think is kind of now washed away somewhat and. Um, in the past, obviously, under Conte, under Mourinho, we've had a much more like conservative approach. Um, so I feel like the players have a lot, a lot more bravery on the ball, and I think um, in the first half, in particular, um, there like there was a lot of dangerous situations we were in, in terms of like how to explain it, kind of just dangerous in the sense that this, if we carry the ball here, or if we pass here, or we do this here, we're potentially in big trouble because there's a lot of space in the game. In the first half, especially, we were very open. But well, we so kind of... Commit- you're talking about the first half of the first half, so like the first 25, first 20, 15, 20 minutes. Um, just so, generally. Oh, generally. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that I felt like the game was quite open. And, and even within that, there was still Mason and Mark driving and carrying. There was, he was picking up the ball to receive. There was um, just general bits of good play. Um, and nothing, nothing cutting edge, but just a little bit of courage, which I was encouraging because I just feel like in a lot of games, 
a lot of big games previously like I've been accustomed to watching we've been very negative okay. um, so that was just mentality wise I was encouraged by that yeah because I've, I feel I've, I was saying it earlier um, I think this is probably the first time in a very long time that I feel like Chelsea have gone away from home and I, get, I don't want to say impose their will because I think for a large portion of that game it was relatively even but I felt like this is the first time in a long time where Chelsea went into a game and I guess they approached the game without being passive and negative and reactionary. I think that's the word. Chelsea being reactionary. I think this is the first time in a long time that Chelsea haven't actually been reactionary and waiting for the opponent to hit us before we hit them. Um, so it was very, very impressive in that, that degree. So I definitely agree. Now on to the negatives because... You have touched on um, a few already. Um, what were your um, thoughts on, um, I guess, some individuals? In, in, uh, we'll start off with a few individuals. And as a team, collectively, what were the few things that you noticed that, I guess, you weren't too happy with? I think, for me, I'm still, like, very touchy on how we are um, defending sometimes in terms of, like, what we, what we choose to do when, once we've lost the ball. Um, and how we approach that transition from from attack to defence. Uh, I feel like we're a lot, we're a much more solid team when we kind of um, almost drop off and then like delay um, teams and then like press as they get into certain areas and wait for the triggers as opposed to when we counter press. So there was a, there was an occasion, um, also put in a group chat, where we've the ball's gone back towards Anana and Tammy's pushed on and Mason Mount's followed him and pressed. And then there's a massive, like, massive gap in the middle of middle of the park. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I think just deciding to to do that and even the gaps that we do sometimes, especially with the, as much as I feel like the midfield two have qualities, um, Georgina and Kovacic, there's like a, there is a slight imbalance with just the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not like a, they put, I, know, I do think both of them have aspects of defensive nuts, but they're not natural defensive midfielders per se like in, in the same way that you know ball winning midfielders basically so when the, when the ball's going through that area I'm quite nervous um, but so I think do you, do you think that that um, could be alleviated by Kante so obviously when Kante is back from injury I think he mm. gets back into the side so yeah. having said that if you're going to approach the game in a similar vein and you have Mason Mount doing the pressing alongside Tammy do you think that you can almost cheat with Angola Kante and Jorginho, for example, doing that same kind of thing? Because obviously you're going to have more of the defensive protection with Kande. Kante. Obviously, I think that the difficulty with that yeah, is just that um, sometimes I think we over we overestimate his his influence defensively in terms of like if that ball goes through or multiple like that ball goes through multiple times, are we? I'm not personally confident, like, leaving him to be the one to kind of sweep up all the time. Yeah, There's I mean, going to be occasions where he doesn't get it, and there's going to be occasions where he can't use, you know, he's not two players in, in, in one place. And, yeah. and I think it's just a dangerous precedent to set to kind of rely on someone with an, a really insane innate ability to win the ball, um, as opposed to just kind of accounting for the, for the possibility of that um, occurring and regularly occurring, because it's not something that... Yeah has happened it, once this is a trend it's definitely structural it's definitely yeah structural. exactly I think we've, we mentioned it before um, I think even in pre-season um, from yeah. Mason Mount's pressing 
um, as as infectious and how as great as it can be, it absolutely if it is not part of a, a system um, a system a systemic press, then it could invariably leave us exposed and it does happen often enough and it's happened often enough now for me to think that it may actually not be um if it is a system then it's a, a there's a flaw in the system uh, i think the, but i think to an element to a degree i think it may actually just be mount rather than nah. but then again the, the re- i think the reason why i say that the reason why the reason why i don't think it's just like it's it's just mount is because um, when I got in and I'd heard all about how we, we were almost lucky to be level or, you know, there, there was an open game and whatnot. Mm-hmm. When I got in and I saw the, the way the game was going, I was, this is really quite disciplined. Like, we, we looked quite, yeah. I feel like defensively from like 60 minutes onwards, we looked very, very solid. So yeah, to me, we're, we're capable of doing that and he's capable and whatever, whatever the instruction was in the, in the first half, Definitely have been changed because Mount wasn't playing like that anymore. Or, um, or can I just quickly say, perhaps mm. Mount was playing like that because instinctively he plays like that. But then Lampard had the word and said, in second half, potentially, potentially that is yeah. also a that's, but that, that's possible because I think yeah. that I do honestly think that second half he was. I, I wouldn't say that he was better. Um, I think Mount's performance throughout the whole ninety minutes, I was impressed to be perfectly honest. But the pressing side, I've always been worried about it. Um, but second half. He was a lot more disciplined. A lot of it was behind the ball. A lot of his work was yeah. behind the ball in the second half, which was very, very impressive. The reason, the, the, the only I, do think, I do think that it could be by instruction that Lampard's almost like pulled his ear and said, "Listen, we need you to be a bit more disciplined." Um, but I, I think but at the same time, it could be the same. It could be the other way around as well. It mm, could be like, that you know Lampard has told him, "Listen, sit back now. We've done your pressing." You know, so I get you. And the only reason I lean, and the, the only reason why I lean towards the, um, like my initial thought process was just because Tammy in the second half also was deeper. So it wasn't a case of like, in the first half, it wasn't a case of, of Mason going to press by himself. It was the both of them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of an indication of, of where um, the manager comes because Tammy's is obviously the trigger so when the ball's going it's, it was rare that Mason was going to press yeah. the keeper by himself yeah. it was I, more a case of Tammy going and him and joining I think um, just yeah. quickly Lampard mentioned in his post-match interview um, part of the game plan was shutting off the lines to get um, the ball to their attacking players so that might have been that high press that high counter press yeah yeah fair I, and that's, that's fair because what I noticed early on in the game as well is um, I'm not sure Ajax's um, DM I don't know his name but what I did know is that he was a coward. Like, he, yeah, had ample opportunities to try and get the ball off of Onana and turn, and there was a chasm of space. And that's because Mel left that space. If he was brave enough to receive the ball and take off the keeper, they could have been onto us plenty of times. But he shied away. He kept hiding. I know, that's one thing I don't like about certain... When certain DMs aren't... Not even capable because I'm pretty sure he is capable because there's a couple of moments in the second half where he received the ball turned and then he's on to us um but when a defensive midfielder doesn't want to receive the ball off their keeper I, I can't rate it I can't rate it and that's when I was I was fairly confident I was like okay you know what if we're able to maintain our pressure we're going to win this game and I kept feeling it throughout the game I kept feeling okay we're going to win this game because I don't think that they're oh, 
I guess, well, the midfield, their midfield was brave enough. I think our midfield was far braver. And that's why we're able to control the game at the latter part of the game. I think the latter part, from 60 minutes onwards, I think it was all us, really and truly, in terms of threat. Um, but Daniel, I kind of want to get a summary on hudson Odoi's performance. Because where you go from the big high of Newcastle, where he was, I think, fantastic, our best player, yeah. and I think he got man of the match, um, to, I, I wouldn't say a super low, but it was a relatively quiet or not even quiet underwhelming yeah. performance um, against Ajax but I kind of want to get your ideas yeah. so I actually think first half I think he was one of our best attacking weapons in not in terms of the execution or the final bit of it but in terms of actually the ball was coming to him and mm-hmm. Ajax had to do a lot to stop him the only thing is anything he tried didn't come off so like yeah. he'd get in promising positions but then the pass will hit the first man or it just wouldn't come off or we'd try and take someone on or take a shot and didn't come off. However, I do feel like he was still a threat. So, mm-hmm. in terms of, at least he was in the game. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm just talking about levels in terms of how bad a performance it was. Because I've seen a lot of people saying it was a trash performance. I feel like he could have been better, but at the same time, he was involved. And that's first half. I actually think, towards the second half, what was more disappointed in, is that he was less involved. Yeah. He was less of a... Like, even that, in the first half... He was getting the ball and messing up, but I, I would have preferred more of that because then at least one of them would have come through. But I feel like, I don't know if it was a mentality thing because things were not going his way, but mm. I feel like he wasn't getting the ball as much. Now, maybe that's Chelsea not looking for him as much because things weren't coming off and they noticed he was having a bad day. Or maybe that was uh, Hudson's confidence. The only thing is Hudson strikes me as a really confident guy, so I don't see it as being that. But um, I do think that it wasn't, it's definitely one of, since he's come back, don't forget he was out for ages. And yeah. he's come back and he's taken that kit to a duck to water. So this is his first game where I can say, okay, it wasn't a good game. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, I think against Grimsby, he wasn't fantastic either, but he scored a goal, created a goal. But, you know what I mean? It wasn't, uh, performance-wise, he wasn't fantastic. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's a bit of both in terms of him shying away from receiving the ball in the second half. I think he did shy away in certain instances. He wasn't trying... I think he wasn't making angles for him to receive the ball in dangerous areas. I think he kind of... I guess played it quite safe in the second half. But then again, he tried to do a 360 spin in the middle of the pitch yeah. and then got, uh, um, game got caught and then gave away a free kick. But I think that was when he thought, you know what, yeah, today ain't my day. So I'll just, just call it a day here. And don't there. you think that, um, that might was be- a bit... That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought after that 360 spin, that was it. He was like, you know what? I'm cool now. But don't you think that might be good that, game this management? Ain't my don't you think that might be good game management good. from him? Yeah. Notice oh, that actually I, it's no, not coming off. No, I, I think it's a good thing that he recognised that, you know what? Today might just not be my day yeah. and he's not going to try and force it. Yeah. Because I think whereas the more you try and force it, the more you, the worse you actually kind of look in certain games. Um, so I think he definitely took his foot off the gas and tried to do the most. But at the same time, it was quite underwhelming. Um, so I guess... And you know a, I wouldn't say it was abysmal. It wasn't an abysmal performance. It just was disappointing. But, it was just relatively disappointing. And again, I guess you can need... You may need to taper your expectations because he has only come back from injury. Although he's been fantastic in the yeah. games that like he has been played before today, before um, the other day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess you recognise that you know what he's just got back from injury and he is still only 18 he's 18 so I was going to say 
He's you're going to get people trust in performance yeah. anyway, regardless of your talent level. Yeah. Um, you can never be a hundred. Like not even the best pros in the world are going to be a hundred percent every single game. game. Yeah. So, and I was gonna just just on that. Yeah. If you look at like um, obviously the fact that he's young is kind of sometimes what what allows people to make this excuse for him. But realistically, it shouldn't be an excuse just for him because he's young. But actually, like pros generally aren't consistent. So, for instance, now Queenman Sun is going for a rough patch. Yeah. yeah. Of, like four four months ago, he was the bee's knees. Yeah. So it's yeah. like. We we want to hold Callum to this mad standard because he's got a, a contract or whatever. Yeah. That that means he can't have bad games. It's like, no, yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm not hearing that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> it is interesting though. I think well, the, the the problem I think that we're having as a fan base, and in fact, I guess in in general, most fan bases, is that where you have certain players um, that I guess are considered favourites, um, people want to. I guess shoehorn their guy into the conversation, yeah. Um, and that's generally what's been happening throughout the season, and that kind of leads a, a nice, perfect segue onto Chris and Pulisic. Yeah. Now, Chris and Pulisic in the last two games has had fantastic cameos. Um, I think against Newcastle, he definitely changed the game. He injected some pace, some life into our attack. Yeah. And again, the same applied yesterday. Him, Mitchy came on, and again they added a new dimension to our attack. Yeah. I think Pulisic was dynamic. Um, he was threatening. Yeah. Um, always trying to find Mitchy. It, it was a fantastic performance, fantastic yeah. cameo. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, whilst it was a fantastic performance, I think the problem is we don't necessarily need to dim the light of other players to shine on shine Pulisic. Yeah. Because I think what happened, what we. What the fear that I, I have is that a lot of our fans almost want other players to play bad so that certain players play. Yeah. Um, and whilst I get it for certain people that are actually terrible and they shouldn't be on the pitch, um, the example where people are saying that Mason Mount shouldn't be playing, when I, I find that scandalous because Mason Mount has definitely been one of our best players and most consistent players this season. While he hasn't been incredible in every game he's definitely been one of our best players Um, I do think that there is a case for Pulisic to have more involvement I understand but at the same time I I then look at it and think to myself maybe Frank Lampard is not only protecting him because Pulisic is still only 21 he only turned 21 a couple of weeks ago Um, he's a big money transfer he knows he's a big money transfer he knows that he is, I guess, the, I don't want to say the hope of the United States national team, but to a degree he is. He's their best player, their captain as well. Mm. Um, I think there is an element of good man management here from Frank Lampard, where he's trying to ease him in, because it's not an easy transition going from the Bundesliga, um, and even where he wasn't even starting in the Bundesliga, going from the Bundesliga full stop, even if you're a, a fully-fledged player that is playing every game and then you move on to the Premier League, it's not an easy transition. The game is very, very different. The speed, the the power acquired is very, very different. So I think it's, um, I think people needed to, I guess, and I think Frank's even alluded to it in his previous um, post-match conferences, that he's tried to not listen to the outside noise because he kind of knows what he's doing and how he's going to handle Pulisic. Yeah. Um, and I think he's handled him fantastically because uh, Pulisic got a run in the game, run in the team. Um, he wasn't playing well. He yeah. got pulled out. Yeah. For I think for his own protection, because I think if you're going to continue playing a player that's not playing well and they continue to play badly, then it will only add more pressure to him. So taking him out 
and then drip, I guess, feeding him back in, reintegrating him back in slowly, has done him wonders. And the last two games, he's been fantastic for us. Yeah, so... Uh, what think of his, his impact, then? Well, I know that a lot of people think that you are overly critical of Pulisic. And, and I'm not. And, like, I'm, I'm critical of Pulisic fanboys more than Pulisic. I like Pulisic's attitude. From the okay. beginning, I could see that he's a hard worker. Um, yeah. Like what you said before, I don't even think it's Lampard protecting him. I think it's Lampard being a manager in terms of if someone's... Well, we've got a competitive squad. Even though we had a transfer ban, we've got a competitive squad. If you're not playing well, there's other people that deserve a chance to play well. Yeah. And so that's why William came in for Pulisic. That's why Mount played over, over Pulisic. But at the same time, now Pulisic... Obviously, the Grimsby match, that was an opportunity for Pulisic to show Mount, I mean, to show Lampard, okay, I deserve some more minutes. He played that game and then he didn't do well. But these last right. couple of games, Pulisic has done well and now he deserves, he's earning minutes. So right. that's. I think, I think a, lot of the, a lot of the problem that I guess other fans have is that they think that because he's a big money signing, that he should be treated a slightly a bit differently. Um, to the rest of the squad and what I do like about Frank is that he doesn't care how much you've been bought for he doesn't care how old you are if you're not playing well or training well you probably won't get a look in and I don't mind that I don't mind that mentality I don't like the the unnecessary favouritism this is what I've wanted I do think that he does have his favourites I'm not going to deny of course he does and I think that what, what what he won't allow is for his biases to completely override what he sees that's occurring on the pitch. Well, so I think that certain players will play well or badly and then he'll make adjustments and assessments based on that. For, for me, uh, obviously, I, I was just going to say, for me, we have to wait and see because I think in terms of favourites, clearly we see it's Tammy and Mount. So yeah. if Tammy and Mount go on a stretch of games where they've got bad form and he doesn't take them out, then we can say, OK, cool. This favouritism. Yeah. I don't think Mount's been on this bad stretch that a lot of Pulisic fans are trying to make out where he deserves to be dragged out. I agree. Because I, I completely agree. Because I don't think that Mason. I don't think can point to a Mason Mount match yeah. where he was shocking, other than Newcastle. And I think the Newcastle game, he was relatively quiet, and he got brought off relatively early. I think he yeah. got brought off in the 60th minute. Exactly. And I think that was probably probably the right thing to do. He looked shattered. He looked tired. He didn't. He looked very, very ineffective, um, and it was taken off. And right. I think, and I think, um, at least with Mount, if if things aren't going his way in terms of on the ball and playing and, and getting involved in the chances, he's still working hard. And I feel like Pulisic, he wasn't actually doing defensive work as well as right. the other wingers too. So I, at least it's setting that standard that listen, when you come in, you can't slack. You're going to have yeah. to work hard. And that's what we want as Chelsea fans. Exactly. I, I, I think the idea of... I don't want luxury players. I think oh. we, we don't need luxury players. And especially... When, we can't actually afford it. We can't. Because we don't have that star player anymore. Yeah, with We're, Hazard gone, work. it's out. We, we, you know what I mean? We don't have that star player anymore. And, you know, we, we can't afford to have, I guess, lax and lele players. But what I will say for Pulisic is... We were talking about Hudson Odoi before, and Pulisic's performance when he came on that left kind of showed how ineffective Hudson Odoi had been in that um, second half because Pulisic, yeah, because Pulisic, when he would get the ball, I'd see like he was surrounded by players, but somehow he still managed to keep the ball. 
Yeah, he was drifting. Yeah. Like, so, like you said, when he came on, it was almost like that's what Hudson should have been doing. Yeah. Like, that's, that's where my mind was at. I yeah. was like, that's what Hudson should have been doing, and that's the Hudson that we saw against Newcastle, for example. Yeah. But you have to give credit to Pulisic. hundred. He was quality. He was drawing players to him. hundred. And that's why it freed up so much space for Mitchie as well. Yeah. Um, and other players in general. I and, think and, we and, could definitely score two or three, yeah. I think, yeah, um, and, uh, against um, Ajax. And it wasn't... It wasn't just that, that he was dribbling and, and attracting players. The, at the, the end product from that, those runs were... Right. Pro- yeah, it was good as well. Yeah, it, exactly. It wasn't just dribbling and then you lose the ball. No, yeah. he was dribbling and then getting off a cross or finding an incisive pass. Yeah. You, have to give him, you have to give him his dues, man. I, I think... I think we... I think I honestly think that when people say, "Oh no, you've been harsh, you've been harsh," no, 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 I don't think we've been harsh. I think we've been absolutely fair. Yeah, and I think that the other side have definitely been more biased right. in their assessment of Pulisic. Right. Um, so I think they've been overhyping his performances yeah. just because they want him to play. Yeah, and I get that as fans. I guess as fans of the player, I get it because you want to see your boy play. However, if you're being objective. And yeah. I think that's what's happened now. Yeah. Now Frank has kind of explained why he's not played Pulisic, or I guess explained his thought process as to why Pulisic hasn't been playing. I think a lot of people have been thinking, mm, you know what, Frank might have been right in doing this. Yeah. Like a lot of the Pulisic fanboys, I guess, have been like, you know what, maybe he was right. And now they're starting to, I guess, change their stance and change their tone. But we've kind of maintained this throughout. Yeah. It's not as if we said that Pulisic is a shocking player, Pulisic should never play for Chelsea, etc. No. A lot of us were questioning the, the fee, um, considering that he's only, he only had one year left on his deal. Um, a lot of us were questioning whether he is good enough at this moment in time to star for us every game. But one thing that we did say about Pulisic, and shout out to Yassin about this, he's the one that floated it into the atmosphere, was that Pulisic could potentially be a very good attacking a weapon and, and a tactical weapon in particular so one that can come on and change a game one that could change a game and carry out certain instructions um, in certain instances um, so I don't think we've necessarily written off Pulisic at any point in time we just said quite explicitly that listen he's not performed well enough to be getting a run of games that you are yeah. begging for him to yeah. get and I'm, I think that's quite fair yeah and I've never said sell Pulisic like you, if I didn't think he was good enough to be here, an option because let's face it, Williams gone, Pedro's gone. Basically, all we're gonna have really as a true winger is Hudson Odoi. So selling Pulisic doesn't make any sense, and I'm not the type of person where I feel like you bury someone's chances regardless. Like you have, to, there has to be that that lane for him to like work his way back into it. And I think that yeah. what has impressed me about Pulisic in the last two games is, and actually uh, we saw when Batshuayi went to Dortmund, was Pulisic would do these low crosses into the box. And yeah. obviously Batshuayi feeds off of that. Yeah, now, exactly. the Newcastle game, obviously it went to Hudson and Hudson redirected to Alonso. But again, in this one, that kind of low cross that he gets across, I think that could be a great weapon for us. And I agree. Yeah. I, especially even if we, for example, Giroud. Giroud loves those kind of low crosses into the near post. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting one. I, I think, I, I honestly want to see, I want to see him start yeah. again. Yeah. So I, it's not only 
because I I don't want to I don't want to mark him down. Like, I think a lot of people are marking, I guess, Mitchie down as well as a super sub. I don't yeah. want to mark Pulisic down in the same breath. I want to see if he can actually start and maintain it. Yeah. So far, I've seen him be the impact player yeah. and do better as an impact player. But I do want to actually see what, him from the start and see if he can maintain it. What I'll say is, is the Super Cup as well, mm-hmm. he started and he and yeah. he, he done damage. So I think the danger is, and I don't think anyone on our podcast does this, but we, we hear people say, ah, oh, Mishy is a good player off of the bench because he scores off the bench. It's actually more difficult to impact the game off of the bench. If you could impact the game off the bench, then you could do it starting. And so, yeah, I like because what I found, what I found with the Mitchy, the Mitchy stuff, and we're going to get into the Mitchy bit because he he again came on and affected the game. Um, I think he did the same against Southampton. Southampton away. Mitchy, when he came on, I think I don't want to be too harsh on Tammy because Tammy did good work. Um, he ran the channels. Yeah, he pressured the keeper. He was strong. Um, he occupied the centre backs. He had a good battle daily blend. Um, okay. But what I did notice is that in the game, I don't think Tammy's movement was particularly great. Mm. I don't think that he particularly helped our wingers find him, yeah. and I guess. I think a lot of the reason as to why... I think we were threatening without Tammy, if you understand what I mean. I don't think Tammy was involved in the threat that we posed. Yeah. When he came off, it was instantaneous. I think the first minute yeah. Mitchie came on, he had a chance. Pulisic tried to find him. Yeah. It was like, they're... they're, they're I want to say they, they have like a... a a connection, yeah. From, I guess I want to say from their time uh, in the Bundesliga at Dortmund, yeah. From but the bench, they, they look for each other, yeah, and the bench as well. Yeah, they've made they, the connection they, on the bench. They probably bend on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, Pulisic was looking for him immediately. Yeah. Um, the first one was just a, a, a again another low cross into him. Yeah. Um, and Mitch just got a faint touch on it. But that, from that moment, I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah. It looks like they're going to keep find, looking for each other. And it just kept happening. There was a one-two between them. Pulisic tried to get shot up. He dragged it wide. Good yeah. effort. And it's just, it was almost like they kept trying to seek for each other and they were combining well. Yeah. Um, and Mitchie's movements, uh, again, they're far superior to Tammy's. I've got a theory, uh, I've got a theory on, the, on, on the match. Um, just okay. because I think maybe Tammy... You can see Tammy listens to Lampard completely. And I think Lampard must have had a game plan we spoke about earlier in terms of pressing. And I feel like him executing the hold-up play, the coming back to kind of get the ball and redistribute to wingers, all of that, I think he's thinking about the whole role of a striker. Whereas really and truly, I think Missy just cares about scoring. Do you know what I mean? So he's about, okay, how do I get into the box to score? Because... Just the, the same way I mentioned when Pulisic came on and it made me think, realise how bad of a second half, I guess, that Hudson was having in terms of he wasn't really threatening. It was the same with Mishy and Tammy. Like you said, as soon as Mishy came on, it just thought, OK, here we go. Now we're getting chances. Now we're going to score. So, yeah, I, I think that that's part of it. I think that when Mishy comes on, he's not thinking about how do I win balls in the air, etc., and, and all that type of stuff? How do I do the fight? How do I um, uh, execute Lampard's instructions? It's, okay, you know, cool. You know what? That's actually a fair point because it was a stark contrast. 
um, in terms of behaviour. Um, I know Tammy, he loves goals and he loves trying to find space in the box. Yeah. But I rarely saw him do it against Ajax. Yeah. Rarely. He wasn't making, I, guess, I don't want to say it's by design, because I think if you could try score, you'll try and score. Mm. Um, but he was making, so. I, I saw the touch map. He barely had any touches in the box. That's the issue. In fact, he had a single box, a touch in a box, um, yesterday against Ajax, which was, it's not usual for Tammy. Um, but when Mitchie came on, it was almost instantaneous. It was almost like, I guess, Frank planned the, these stages, these moments, and he felt that whilst now, I think from the 60 minute onwards, I think Tam, Mitchie came on on the 70th minute, I think. Um, I think from the 60th minute, he waited a while to see, you know, where how the game's developing, because I felt that like we dominated from the second half. Like, I think a lot of the second half we dominated. Um, so I think he got to a position where, you know what, we look quite stable defensively. Um, the attack and threats aren't really there. Um, and now let's go and win the game. And with Mitchie, invariably you're going to get movement and you're invariably going to get movements towards the goal. And yeah, he, Mitchie probably should have, he should have had two. I think he missed uh, the first chance, yeah. which came from the Pulisic running shot. Yeah. Um, That's the thing with Mitchie quickly. Like, he loves an emphatic finish. Even the goal, yeah. Like, that could have hit the crossbar and gone out. Like, everything has to be the top of the net, like, so, yeah. the one that he missed, he loved it, yeah, yeah, and to be fair, when it goes in, it looks amazing, yeah, it but, so buff. <laughs> yeah, it looks so amazing, it? but at the same time, you risk it going over, so that first chance, like, it looked like he wanted to hit the crossbar and go in, like, sometimes, he clap it as hard yeah. as possible, yeah, 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 um, yeah. but, it, it, yeah, it looks amazing, and he was in the chances, apart from that, there was almost a third chance as well, when Kovacic was in, and obviously, we know Kovacic hasn't scored a goal yet for Chelsea. Yeah. And that, like, all he had to do was let the ball roll to Kovacic. But I don't know. Maybe in his head, he's thinking, this guy's never scored a goal. It's better nah, for me. You to... know what? I think Mitchie's very one, like, one track minded. Yeah. So I think as soon as he saw it, because I, I saw, I think Reese James was in space as well. Yeah. Uh, he could have passed it to Reese James for um, an easier chance, I'd say. Yeah. But he just took on the shot. Yeah. Because that's what it's about. But also, sometimes it's like that when, don't forget, out of all of our strikers, Mishy has had the, less, the least time on the pitch. That's including Giroud this season. And obviously, he scored four goals, so people might not think it, but he's been starved, really. And when you put a starved striker on, then he's going to take as many chances as he can to well, I call it Daniel Sturridge syndrome yeah. because Daniel Sturridge at Chelsea was exact same. He was the exact same thing where you can see the talent, you can see he's a scorer, yeah. but when you starve him of minutes and he gets on the pitch, he's going to be shooting from everywhere. Of course. Because <clears throat> he wants to prove, he wants to prove that he's good enough to start yeah. and you're, you're making a mistake missing, um, I guess, putting him on the bench and not giving him the opportunities. It's, it's not even just proving, but like, if, someone's, if someone comes in for 15 minutes and they score two goals, you're making it harder for a manager to not start you, in it? Because the manager right. can just say, listen, we've seen it with Sari. The manager can say, no matter what you do, you're not starting. But if you're coming in and scoring two, three goals, then the fans are going to start saying, what are you doing, manager, etc." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think for so obviously fantastic game? I want I want to give a special shout out to to Maury, um, by crowning us with a Corf turn in the Johan Corf Arena. Yeah. Amazing, absolutely amazing. True, I didn't even put that together. 
Yeah, it was an insane, insane yeah. performance from him as well. Um, <clears throat> I thought Aspilicueta, defensively, incredible. Yeah. Offensively, sorry. But I well, saw... he was there when it mattered. He was there when it mattered. Defensively, he was incredible. Zuma, I thought, put in an amazing performance in after periods. the first two minutes. The first two... I think after the first five minutes, he was... He, you know, he looked, he looked, sh- uh, he looked shaky. I can't lie. Tomori um, looked worse. Tomori looked very, very shaky in the first five, ten minutes. Very shaky. Um, but again, after that, imperious from both of them. Um, again, Jorginho, incredible. Quickly, Kovacic, before, incredible. before we move on to Jorginho, why does Tomori have to settle in games? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Do you know what? I think because he's a very cool, calm, collected character, mm. yeah, he might take things very, like, I guess, easy. Too calm. And too cold, and he gets too cool. Yeah. And then mm, he's for, for me, for me, Zamori's always had lapses. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's not, it's not, um, it's something that I feel like he's refined over time. But when I've watched him sometimes, I've had, I've said it this year that I've, I haven't had it anywhere near, like, as much as I'd seen when I was, when he was playing for, like, England youth groups. Yeah. Youth age groups, sorry. So, but, um, he does. He does still have a little bit of a, a dip, like a jitter, and I saw yeah. that jitter like in the first yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but once he settled, he was just brilliant. So exactly. Brilliant. That's what brilliant. I'm saying. So it's almost like he needs to sell. But if if I remember in the under twenty one tournament, oh, thing that I remember. Yeah. So th- there was that right, and then we've seen it a couple of times this season too. I don't forget against Derby when Chelsea played Derby, Frank Lampard's Derby last season. Who scored the own goal? Tomori. Right. Yeah. So. That, that it seems like it, that's part of his game, and I don't know at this point if. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't I don't, right. Hey, listen, hey, listen. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you said twenty, innit? So I know. This is what I'm saying. Just, you want to say part of his You didn't let yeah. me finish the sentence. What I'm saying is, I, I have to cut you off. Okay, because I, I hear it you. Sounded a bit. You're getting it. Sounded there. a bit mad. It sounded a bit mad. But what I was saying is, at this point, so I don't know if it's something that because sometimes people say that, oh, it's just age, but then sometimes it's actually just part of your game. So I guess we'll find out soon, but. Yeah, when he sells, he's calm. He just needs to settle. When he sells, he is top. Yeah. I think the the way he's so composed in one v one situations, yeah, it's so crazy. Like I don't see him jump in. I don't see him lunge in. Yeah. He stands people up. Yeah, it's all right. Come, come in and beat me, beat me, and you just you just don't because he's so composed. It almost rattles you. Yeah. Oh my god, that's nuts. It's Means like, I've got a question for you now. One um, regarding. I know we, we kind of moved on slightly, but um, it's more regarding Pulisic um, and Tammy somewhat. Um, okay. Because earlier in the year, I felt like you were of the opinion that they weren't good enough. This is, this is what, this is the impression I got anyway. Rather. Okay. Um, and now obviously, I feel like today you've had your PR voice on and you've got like a, a, more, a more accepting view on both so even that's not his PR voice he's got today, cold no. nah mate it's like he's proper like on his in his, in his PR bag man um, <laughs> so like has your, has your is this because your opinion of them has changed or mm. do you not feel like it was ever what I'm saying it was so for me personally mm. I've always been of the opinion that if you're good enough to play oh well, okay let me, let's start from the beginning so Pulisic my criticisms of Pulisic from the beginning, and that's from last year, that's not even before he even kicked the ball for us, it was more about, I don't want us to be investing in players that we have, one, A, better academy players than, 
Um, to, especially, so I, I didn't want us to, and especially at, a, at this at this point in time, we still had Hazard. Um, Hudson Doyle was looking out of the door. Mm. Um, so I thought I did not want one that transfer to have a knock on effect in pushing Cho further away from us. Yeah. So I also did think that Pulisic was a tad overrated, but I think that I personally thought that well. What I, thought. I think that Pulisic was regarded as one of the best youngsters in Europe before the Mbappe's arose and uh, yeah. the Hudson's and uh, um, the Sancho's and Felix's, etc. Um, I don't think that we did good business in spending £60 million for him. Yeah, one year. It was on the final year of his deal. Yeah. And I just don't think... I, I, I didn't want a player who I've seen for a long time who I kind of think that he is not as productive as I'd like in a way. And I didn't want another William per se. I, I think, especially as a squaddy, I don't want squad players that are taking up roles, which our youth players can take. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I, it's just not something I'm comfortable with. And I've said it before. And that, that's the same reason why I was against the um, Kovacic transfer. Um, obviously before Ruben got injured but I was against it because I don't want expensive squad players that are not academy players I don't want that um, now in terms of Tammy again from the beginning of the season I said I don't think Tammy should be our starting striker and I'm still comfortable in saying that however Tammy Abraham has made the most of the opportunities afforded to him he scored in five games scored nine goals and I can't complain at all. And the one thing I did say, despite me saying that Mitchie should be starting, I did say, and I will maintain, that if Frank picks a striker, he should maintain that choice. And he should give a player, that player, an adequate run in the team. And if it does work out, great. If it doesn't work out, then he then needs to make a decision and pull that player out and put somebody else in. And give it them. Right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you know the. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Mark Zuckerberg and the, um, the lovely. Um, also, and she's she's on Mark Zuckerberg about Cambridge Analytica. No, no idea. Um, I've got I've got a bit more. Okay. You've seen it. Right. <laughs> when you see it, you're gonna understand. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you said oh. these, are, these are your words. Woo. You said um, same applies to Pulisic. He isn't of the level of my eyes, and he's. Duly criticised. My point Wait is, you're going to use. You should, that I basically shouldn't use A's as a reason not to critique a big uh, signing. So Wait. do you, do you now feel, or has your opinion changed? I call foul play. Of the level? I call. Wait, let me intercede. Let me stop because you <laughs> asked that question. How can you ask that question first? How can no. you ask him that when you I had that? To, oh my god! All right. That's cool. what you said. Okay, continue. I just needed to make sure. I just wanted to see where where he was in on the line of whether or not he dislikes, so like, likes. So, like I said before, yeah. When it comes to age, <laughs> doesn't matter for me. Okay, that's no, that doesn't that matter. Is the, that's the least important part of that statement. Okay, yes. so then we 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 read what you said. Um, I said put this. Is what I said. Pulisic's price tag shouldn't um, shouldn't change attitude to his development. Um, that's not to say you can't be unconvinced or or not be fans of evil, but the scapegoating can't fly. Okay. You said 
Um, I've said if he's not of the level required, it doesn't matter the age. Um, Pulisic isn't of the level in my eyes, and he's duly criticised. Right. Well, what exactly is wrong with that? So, my, so this is my question. So, when you're saying someone's not of their level, does that mean? But did you at the time not feel like he was good enough to play for us? And has your mind now changed, or is that sustained and he's just playing at a higher level? Like, I wanna, I'm trying to gauge where you are on the Pulisic. What track. I'm saying is, I don't think Pulisic is of the level to start for us. Hmm. Okay, so it's I, as opposed no, to like him it, generally. Yeah, to start for us, it's simple. If Pulisic is being bought for sixty million pounds. I'm not going to be happy with that because I don't think he's good enough to be starting for us. Okay, it's like if because I'm always going to be thinking, okay, we've got Pulisic, but who do we get after him? Because I want someone better than him. Yeah, I don't think that I'm looking at Hudson Zoy thinking, okay, I want someone else to replace Hudson Zoy because mm. I think, I don't think you can probably get someone that is one attainable and two better than Hudson for his position. Whereas Pulisic, I'm looking at Sancho. If if worse comes to worse, I'm looking at Zaha. If you, you understand, what I'm trying to say I don't think he's of that level where I'm thinking, raw. I can't buy. I can't buy someone better than you. So I, I can't. When I'm looking at Tammy the same way, I'm not looking at Tammy thinking, oh, you know what? That's you nailed on because I'm already looking at Michi thinking you're better than him. Okay. So, so the re- when the, I'm the, of the level, I think they. If you're looking at around Europe, if you're looking at what we have in our squad. Is he the best option for that position? No. Is he the best? It, should he be starting for us? In my opinion, no. Because I don't think they're off the level. Have you finished? Have you uh, finished cross-examining the witness, believe me? Uh, I have indeed. <laughs> have indeed. No more further questions. No more further. No, 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 no more questions. You're <laughs> no, 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 so delicious about this. Right. Oh, you're, you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're your own lawyer. I'm like, listen. Yeah. This man, <laughs> no, no, he had exhibit A. I'm hosting your podcast. I'm like, hold on a damn second. All right, that was Julian. Wait, can I quickly, can I quickly say my piece? I'll, I'll, I'll make it quick. So with Pulisic, um, I think I w- I'm in Mead's camp in terms of I was worried, obviously, because Hudson Odoi, seeing another play- player come in and he hasn't signed a contract, they didn't sound too good. Especially that we had a transfer ban looming. So... I heard rumours of we're going to renegotiate Williams' contract. We're going to renegotiate Pedro's contract. So those two get extra years. Plus you're bringing in Pulisic. And we've got Sarri as manager. And you know he likes older players. So yeah. So that was one of the reasons why I didn't want Pulisic to sign. But obviously when Pulisic signed, in the summer you can check it. Because I've been tweeting from the Chelsea Hour account. I was fine with him um, as basically a squad player. Now I've seen a little bit for him for Dortmund. I'm not Pulisic's biggest fan. I don't think he's going to be one of the best wingers obviously our American fans and Pulisic fanboys do think that but again maybe maybe he can be but um, yeah as a squad player I'm cool with him um, and in terms of Tammy again Tammy I prefer Michi over Tammy but at the same time until I saw him in the Premier League at a big club because we saw him at Swansea I didn't know what he can do and to be fair Tammy has shown that he can score don't forget He's played in the Premier League. I think he's played like 10 games. He's scored in five. So he he doesn't score in that many games, but he gets braces. So I don't know. I think both of them are good squad players. Both of them can be Chelsea players. If both of them can be stars for the future, I don't know. But yeah. So, yeah. so on to Burnley this weekend. Now, obviously with the, the two cameos of Christian Pulisic 
And I, I guess Mitchie with the all-important goal against Ajax. What would your team be for the game at Burnley? Burnley, mind, Burnley are peak PNP. Yeah. Um, very physical side, very direct team. Would you throw Pulisic... Would this game be the game to put Pulisic in from the start? I think, um, personally, that... Um, I've, I've always... I've been toying with it for a little bit in, terms, in my head and like just seeing whether or not um, eventually Mitchie would get the nod over Tammy. Mm. Um, and I don't know... Personally, I don't know what the criteria would be for that. So I don't know if it's not the goal. I don't know where... Um, Obviously, potentially, we speak about training and, and winning and earning your place in that sense. Uh, I'm, I'm of the opinion that, obviously, I feel like Mitchie is, is better. Yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of waiting for him to get a nod. I think Pulisic has shown in the past two games that he's he's deserving of a starting place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that, as much as Hudson didn't have a, a great game on Wednesday night, he's probably, since he's been back, he's probably been within the top three, top four um, performance. So I'd like to see actually both of them start together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd say, I'd say so um, Hudson and Pulisic and Michi, I'd like to see that from three yeah. um, starting in Burnley. How, yeah. how likely that is. I could I could see Pulisic getting the nod over William, but, but Michi, but yeah, Michi I'm more sceptical about, but I'd like to see, I'd like to see that from three. I'd like to see it, but the thing is with me, I think if there's a game where if there's a game that's meant for William, I think it'd be the Burnley one. Um, although I don't rate his output per se, um, I do think we're going to be put under a lot of pressure out wide um, because Burnley do like to cross it a lot. Um, my only fear is that if you're bringing in Pulisic, and I know Hudson isn't the best defensively as well, that our wing, our, I guess our fullbacks are going to be left exposed. Um, but then again, it could leave. It's a, it's a mad one. It could then leave Hudson and Pulisic up in transition, and we could look more threatening that way. I guess I should stop worrying about what the team can do to us, and more mm. worry about what we can do to them. Mm. Um, but you know that old Jose mentality is coming back to haunt me again. Yeah, I don't know. I think Mitchy. I think Mitchy. I, I I don't know if I start Mitchy. If I'm honest, because um, I do think that Tammy, as much as he didn't score, he did play relatively well and done what was asked of him, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but again, it is quite difficult to play three games a week. Yeah. Um, especially after an international break. So maybe he, this might be the game to freshen things up and rotate a few guys in. So we'll see. My so my thing is. I think because it's Burnley, a lot of people are going to be thinking. Because don't forget, I think Emerson's fit too. So there's that question of does Emerson come in for Alonso too? But a lot of people are going to be thinking because it's Burnley, do we go for height and strength? So that's in terms of Michi and Tammy too. But my only thing that I would say is we don't have to play like Burnley to win. I guess like what um, Meads was saying, we can play our own game as well. Um, I think like what Pell's kind of alluded to, when, like, because Lampard has said in all of the interviews, Mishy, in terms of training, he's doing yeah. it. In terms of coming on, he's scoring and playing well. Not just scoring as well. Lampard made a point that he was excellent in terms of his hold-up play yesterday when he came on. So yeah. he's ticked all of the boxes now. So it's, yeah. there's no, there's, 
there's no, there's no, um, you can't throw anything at him yeah. for him to not play. He's too- because I think a lot of people say, oh, oh no, he's lazy. Yeah. Oh no, he can't hold up the ball. Yeah. Oh no, he's sloppy in front of goal. Yeah. Oh no, he's sloppy with his touch. Yeah. All of that, you can't really label that at Mitchie. He's you scoring really goals too. If you're being objective, yeah. as much as you may want certain players to play, yeah. if you're being objective, that can't really stick. Yeah. Because he's come on and made an impression every single time he's been asked to, uh, to play. So what every was- single- so what I was going to say is that actually I don't know if people remember but Tammy started every single game in the Premier League apart from one and that mm-hmm. was I think it might have been after the Super Cup but Giroud started one of the games mm-hmm. and then he came off so that was the kind of sea change where Tammy became the starter mm-hmm. now after, since that I feel like in Lampard's head Tammy is now the default starter no matter what come what may mm-hmm. um, but the only thing is because there's so many games they're there has to be a time where he says, okay, that's why he needs to start. Now, I think it's a travesty that that's why he started four league games for us within three years. And don't forget... Crazy. Yeah. And don't forget, he's the guy with the best in terms of goal ratio under the at Chelsea in the Abramovich era. And obviously, we've seen him come on. So I, I do think sooner or later, Michy has to get a game to start in the Premier League. It's, it's a bit mad that he hasn't had that many. But, um, I, but would you... But would you want him to have just the one game? No, that's the thing. That's, that's the, what I'm saying. Because so, the, then the you're in danger now. Yeah. So <clears throat> it then becomes a very, very difficult balancing act. Yeah. So it then becomes quite dangerous because you've already stated, I guess, made it clear that Tammy's your number one. Yeah. But then Mitchy plays, then he bags a brace. Then what? Yeah. Well, there's there's two. There's qu- two questions. If he bags a brace, then what? And... If he if, doesn't score, if he then doesn't, what? then do we write him off? So exactly, you put everything because on that game. Th- that's the thing. You can't. That, that 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 that's one thing that that's where it becomes quite tricky as a manager because you you can't write them off after the one opportunity. Right. But then at the same time, you can't then say, "Well, I'm going to give you another go, even if you didn't score." Yeah. Because so you've got. I feel like you can because but I, I can. I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm saying for as Frank has already made it clear that Tammy's the number one. It's quite difficult if if Mitchie has a bad game for them to say, <clears throat> you know what? I'm going to play you again. I'm going to give you another opportunity. Do you know? What I, I feel like with I feel like with Tammy. Sorry, he's <clears throat> the reason why he's been able to kind of persist with him. Also, obviously, it's just because of the preference. Because there's been games where Tammy hasn't scored. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then started the, yeah. and then got to the next game yeah um, that's what I'm saying so I don't think he yeah I don't think it would set necessarily a dangerous precedent in that sense because or like in terms of the, or in terms of fan reasoning anyway we shouldn't have we shouldn't look at it as you know oh he hasn't scored so the next person needs to come in because there's been times where someone hasn't performed right, that well and but still played the, the following game the, the, um, but what, what I'll quickly say is that say that again Dan what I'll quickly say is what happens is He's put it, it's, it's almost like the older player versus the younger player. That's the kind of pattern that's been. And if the younger player solidifies their place, then that's their place. Whereas yeah. if the older player solidifies it, it's still open for the battle. Yeah. So the fact that Tomori's come in, now that's Tomori's place. So like the Aspi and Reese um, kind of battle, as soon as Reese gets in, it's going to be so much difficult for Aspi to get back. I agree. Just in terms of the pattern of or what's going on. Because they all want the academy players to win. Now, there's a question over whether that bias is a good thing or a bad thing. But in terms of having a competitive squad, we've seen it with Pulisic. 
Pulisic is, yeah, Pulisic has become better because he's had to fight for that place. So it's mm-hmm. always dangerous when you don't have a competitive squad. That's all I'll say on that. Well, I agree. I agree. Um, so your team for the game against Burnley, from back to front? Um, I would prefer Kepa, Emerson, um, the two that started, so uh, Zuma and Tamori. And then I think Aspi done great. Um, so I'll keep him in. Um, and then I'll play Jorginho, Kovacic. Do we have a game midweek as well? After? Yes, we do. We're playing Manchester United. Oh, in the cup. Okay, cool. So yeah. I'll play Jorginho, Kovacic. And then I'll play... I might play William, Pulisic and Hudson. And then uh, Missy up top. That's just me. Okay, so Mason Mount gets a rest. Yeah. Okay. He's played, um, he's played a lot. What are you saying, Pels? What would it be for your team? Um, I'd probably keep um, Mace in just because I feel like he played really well um, yesterday um, but yeah I'd, it'd probably be a, I'd probably have dropped William um, so go with Hudson Pudisic Michi um, Mace Kova and Jorginho um, Emerson if he's fit goes in straight away um, as he plays um, the back two is the same that started um, and just more so because it, it then gives some of the, the guys that left out them the, the real opportunity to kind of make a name or you know re- take a big claim for themselves in the game against Man United because it's a really important game yeah. whereas I feel like if they potentially play or, or play and don't play well potentially against Burnley it then writes off their, their place again I okay. the evil, so if in the instance that Tammy did start yeah. I would hope that Michi started against United. I guess yeah. that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's left. Yeah. what's going to happen. That's what I think. So uh, what I what I okay, what I want <clears throat> is I'd, I'd have Kepa. I'd probably start Alonso this game. Um, not because he's been good, not because I think he's good, <laughs> but I think that the game against Manchester United, I I, I slightly think that Frank is probably going to rotate in that game. And I think he'll probably give the opportunity for Emerson to come back in in that case. Um, so I'd probably have uh, Alonso, Tomori, Zuma, and I'll definitely play Aspie. Um, midfield, I don't want to risk Kante still. So it'd be Kovacic, Jorginho, Mason Mount. Um, that's a three-man midfield. And William, Tammy, and maybe Pulisic. I may not start Hudson because he's just got back from injury. I don't want him to play three games in a week and then just burn him out. I want to rest him for Manchester United and I'll be that. So I'll be my team. What, what, I'll, what I'll quickly say is what I don't like about traditional rotation is that what happens is all of the good players play the important matches and then this kind of rough and tough group, this ragged group comes together for a cup match. And yeah. so you don't get to see the best. You don't, you don't get to see a player that should is trying to fight for a place. Play along with other great players, players yeah. so it becomes so more difficult. Why, but, but, but that is why yeah. I want Pastor Odoi playing yeah. with Michi. Yeah, it week. That's what I was going to say. That's why I was saying that might be a good idea. So I'd, I'd want Michi Hudson to play together. I want Emerson Hudson and Michi to all be playing together. And perhaps Kante to um, come back in. I want Kante to come in for that game. A million percent. Um, so I'd have a three-man midfield of Kante, 
um, Jorginho and Mount, and then I play not Mount, sorry, Kovacic, and then I play Mount on the right wing, and that's how I'd play it. If you get what I mean. Fair. Yeah, so Mount, if, we, but if we don't if we don't smoke Man United, I'm gonna be fuming. I don't care. Oh, very shocked. I'll be very shocked. There's teams that considering yeah, considering how well we're playing and how terrible they look, I'd be shocked if we don't win. Do is that at the bridge? I'm not sure. I mean, that is, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Well, I'm shocked if you don't win, you know. Wait, you you know what? Them, more, more than anything, I, I, when we drew Man United, I was like, ah, but I, actually, I think this is good because I think Lampard has been hesitant to rotate, especially the like people like Tammy and people like, well, just know his favourites. But yeah. this forces it because now it's a Premier League game and all Premier League games are big and it's a game against Manchester United. So, yeah. So I like the fact that, yeah. It's, the hand yeah. is forced. And if he doesn't rotate, he's going to go on the hard way because someone's going to get injured. Yeah. Oh, minute percent. Minute percent. Especially with the way that they train. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an injury, pendant, muscle injury. So, yeah. yeah All right. Well, yeah, I think that's us done. But yeah. thank you for coming on. No problem. Um, back next week. Um, if you aren't aware, um, Touchline Fracas will be doing um, Instagram Live this Sunday. So... Follow us on Instagram at, you know, at Touchline Fracas. And yeah, get involved in the discussion. It'll almost be like the old school Periscope days where you lot can engage, cuss us, join in on the panel. And yeah, man, we'll catch you there. But yeah, that's at from 7.30 Sunday. But yeah, so yeah, get involved. But yeah, we'll be back next week on Thursday. We'll be back on Friday for you guys. Just came uh, on Twitter and ranting, doing the most, true say that money is power, so when you get money, keep quiet and ghost, ghost, I remember when I shot my shot, but I didn't have guap, so I hit the post, but next time it's a golden goal. Total Wine & More is a wonderland to explore, thousands of wines and spirits, unexpected pairings and great gifts, low prices and helpful guides, make the holidays magical at Total Wine & More, drink responsibly, be 21. Sports Social Podcast Network.